This week on Priority One, we trek out Rosario Dawson's Star Trek ambitions. A couple of Star Trek alum hope to return to their former roles, and homages galore. In Star Trek Gaming, Star Trek Online lifts our spirits with a second helping of the winter event. Star Trek Online honors medical professionals, and a favorite Federation ship gets a facelift. Then we'll open Haley Frequencies for your incoming messages. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 457 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, April 21st, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, April 24th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. And I'm Tony. And in our audio booth is our chief engineer, Skiffy. Hello. And I want to thank everybody for sticking with us. We did take last week off to give everybody a break, a much-needed break during this incredibly hectic and uncertain time. So thanks for sticking with us and thanks for coming back for this episode. Before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on our weekly conversations, whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Captains, last week you heard from our very own Jake Morgan, a first responder in the New England area. We put out a call to first responders, medical doctors, nurses, paramedics, anyone working in the medical field that is currently at the front lines of this pandemic. The reason is that we would like to shine a spotlight on you and the work that you're doing as fans of Star Trek. You are, in fact, hashtag Starfleet Medical. So if you'd like to share your story, we're asking one of two simple questions. How did Star Trek inspire you to go into a medical profession? Or how does Star Trek get you through these difficult times as a medical professional? Reach out to us on social media, whether Facebook or Twitter, or shoot your replies to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Later on during feedback, you'll hear some of our written submissions, but we encourage you to record yourself either just a voice memo or send us a video, and we'll pull the audio from that. Remember, incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. From Christopher Lloyd to Christopher Plummer. Chris Pine to Chris Hemsworth. Gee, that's a lot of Chris's. Anyway, Star Trek has attracted some outstanding talent. Christian Slater's cameo in Star Trek VI, for instance. And, of course, will be Goldberg's recurring role as Guinan in Star Trek The Next Generation, who proved to Hollywood stars that a little pushing could land them in their favorite franchise. Now Rosario Dawson has taken notice. Dawson sat down with Variety After Show's Audrey Cleo Yap to talk about her role as Allegra Dill on USA's Briar Patch. 
But the 40-year-old actor also talked about her desire to be in Star Trek. You see, Dawson is rumored to be playing a part in Disney Plus's popular Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. And while she couldn't confirm the rumor, she mentioned the two star franchises are bucket list acting jobs, saying, quote, The two universes, Star Trek and Star Wars. I get in those two. I'm telling you, man, that's it. I will just retire. I don't know. And then I can just concentrate on going to school and running for office. But who would Dawson play in Star Trek? She has an interesting idea. My dad said that I should be cute. It would be great, because then I could jump on Discovery, and I could be on Picard. I think this is a fine idea, because if she plays Q, then she can bounce between all the other universes that she has played in. Not only uh, Star Wars, but she was fantastic in Daredevil. Did you guys watch Daredevil on Netflix? Yes. A great show. I did, yes, yes. She was really good in Daredevil. So I'm all about her getting into like all the good franchises uh, from, from now on. She needs, And then if she's Q, that explains why she looks the same in all of them, because she's actually Q. I think it's interesting that uh, also in the interview, she says that her brother plays Star Trek Online. Really? So she's aware yeah. of it. Yeah, so the guys over at Star Trek Online, you better call up Rosario Dawson and give her a give her a voice. Just give her a voice now, and then use that as the audition demo to you know put her make her cue in Star Trek Online now, and then they can just do that. Well, that brings us to our first community question this week. Would you want Rosario Dawson to play Q? Perhaps she has another role you think she should play in Star Trek. Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or just reply to our social media channels when we post this community question. LeVar Burton is amazing. Whether playing the inspirational Kunta Kinte in the Roots miniseries, taking us on a reading adventure via Reading Rainbow, or soaring through the galaxy as Geordi LaForge, there isn't much he can't do. Well, except maybe keep a secret. Much like his former co-star and close friend Jonathan Frakes, Burton may have let slip details for an upcoming appearance on Star Trek. Sitting down with Entertainment Tonight's Lauren Zima, Burton all but guaranteed an appearance on Star Trek Picard. How do I answer this uh, without getting myself in trouble? I think that it is reasonable to assume that those people are still a part of Picard's life. (laughs) Sure, what the hell? Yeah, absolutely. While Burton didn't directly answer whether a deal to appear has been reached, he did confirm meeting with producers while giving some insight on where he thought Jordy may be 30 years after Nemesis. I've suggested to the producers that perhaps Jordy had, or we find Jordy in a position where he's teaching, passing that knowledge and information on to another generation of people. For a link to the full interview in which Burton discusses TNG cast love for one another and how Star Trek may have have affected our current social distancing, check out our show notes. It definitely serves a purpose to bring back these characters into the small screen or large screen in one way, shape, or form. It definitely plays fan service. And I know we talked a little bit about this in our on-screen reviews of Picard. In Picard season one, I think it served its purpose to be so fan servy, right? I have a feeling that they're not going to do that with season two. I hope not. Or there'll be fewer. Yeah, I hope not. I hope they actually give the characters something to do besides exposition and touchstoning. I mean, that's that that would be I mean, it would be cool if they were integral to the plot. Well, that's the other point, too, is that he plays an integral part in the novelization. Get out of my head. I was just about to bring that up. If you had read 
the novel, the prequel to this, that Jordy is a major character in what was going on with Picard. So it only would make sense that Picard would keep in touch with him, especially since he had been, you know, working on Mars and had, you know, in the novel, if you read it. But uh, yeah, so. Which the most of us who have not read the novel have no idea that that's true. But not only, but you know why, too, a lot of people don't. And I think, I think, I think, I don't know, Tony, you're your experience may be different. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the universe is not consistent. And you have other franchises that have taken an active role in making sure that all of the formats that their IP take stick to some form of canon, right? Like I've never been somebody to, I'm not a reader, first of all, I'm just generally not a reader. I'm definitely not a fan of fan fiction for myself personally. It doesn't fulfill anything. And also novels that aren't direct tie-ins. But then then again, you then have even Star Trek that has these novels that then don't honor them later. So that's my problem with it. And I hope that if, if they bring Geordi back, they stick to what they've established in the prequel novel in the first season of Picard and moving forward. Well, you could still make the argument that Picard would have kept in touch, albeit maybe minimally, with those people that were really important to him on the Enterprise. You know, he has, you know, Troy and Riker. Why wouldn't he have maintained a relationship with Geordi, who, again, was Data's bestie? And, you know, all of that happened. I absolutely think that it wouldn't be completely unheard of for his path and Jordy's path to, you know, cross. But this is where you get the the problem of the path has already crossed in the novelization, which the show writers are not strictly bound to. But not necessarily. But the fact that Picard's now who he is, like, and that Jordy was so close to Data, like, why wouldn't he reach out to him? It seems natural that he would. Right. But what I'm saying is that that where are you going to find Jordy, and what's he going to be doing, and what's and how and how is that going to play to what what Burton wants to do with the character, and how and how the producers can accommodate him and, and, and so on. The the problem with the tie-ins, and this goes all the way back to the, the Countdown magazine prior to 2009 having Data as the captain of the Enterprise, which is now, that's not going to work. It tries to help the fans by giving them tidbits and information and background and a fuller picture, but then later on when the people that put it on TV or in the movies want to fill in that same part of the picture, they just color over what everyone else has done. Because they're, you know, because what's on TV is, quote, canon. So I, this is, this is, I don't like the tie-in problem that we've had with other franchises. It's just bleeding now. But if it did tie in religiously and it did honor without coloring over, would you read the novels or the comics or whatever? I, maybe it, it would it would be an incentive to do it because I would know that the the story is a, a, a piece, a continuous quilt, not like you know, a coloring page has been colored over. I like Ed O'Connell's prophecy of Jordy in the future after TNG. He's still single. <laughs> 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 well, you want a Pike series. We want a Pike series. And yes, Anson Mount wants a Pike series. In an interview with Space.com, the unabashed Trekkie Anson Mount recounted being cast in the role of the iconic captain, reiterated that actors aren't decision makers, and didn't waffle on his thoughts about reprising Pike. Mount told Space.com that Pike wasn't the first Discovery role he was in talks to fill. Quote, I was actually talking to them earlier in the year about the role of Captain Lorca, and then they very wisely hired Jason Isaac 
Tactics, who was great and did a much better job than I ever could have. But then when Pike was coming around, they called up and said, hey, there's this other role, a new captain, would you mind putting yourself on tape? End quote. When asked about a possible return to the center seat, Mount reminded us that he isn't a producer. Quote, these decisions are usually made by people that you and I have never met and may never meet. End quote. Before saying... Quote, I mean, you're talking to a Trekkie who, I mean, just to sit in the captain's chair is one of the rarest honors of being a modern actor. Not a lot of people have been asked to do it. I'm certainly grateful that I was entrusted with that responsibility. And yes, of course, I'd love to continue to occupy that chair. I'm not going to grouse around and be aloof about it. I'd love to. End quote. Man, I did not realize that Anson Mount was such a Trekkie. And the fact that that's a thing makes him so much more delightful because he is amazing. And and I'm so happy he didn't play Lorca because you know I love some Jason Isaacs, but he is so good as Pike. I mean, he's amazing. I I want to watch that. He was perhaps one of the greatest casting choices they did for season two of Discovery. Agreed. There's the one episode where it opens with cutscenes on Talos, right from the original Menagerie from the Cage. Yes. And then it you know it's a, it starts to be a close up of the original Christopher Pike, and then it crossfades into Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. And it was just... Pretty seamless. Yeah, it was seamless. Yeah, just seamless and freaky how great Anson Mount just filled that role. And um, yeah, I would absolutely love nothing more than, than Anson Mount on the Enterprise, you know, years before Captain Kirk took over. And, you know, I was thinking about this, about these recent episodes of Star Trek. I was re-watching Enterprise, right? And I was thinking to myself, gee, Enterprise was certainly ahead of its time. If Enterprise, if they had not done Enterprise and they had started CBS All Access with Enterprise as a story, I think we'd all be singing a different tune. Because Enterprise, one of the attractive things about Star Trek is, of course, that the Enterprise is one of its own characters, number one. And number two, the adventure of exploring strange new worlds, right? Instead, what we got was, yes, yeah, serialized television, which I loved, and there's no reason that still can't happen, <coughs> Orville. But I think that if Enterprise had not been released and would have been released now with a new cast, with maybe Anson Mount playing Archer, for instance, I think we would have had a much better experience overall. I think we need a ship story. There's a reason why it's called escapism, right? I mean, you're going places and then you fix a problem and then this is, I, th I think when you said serialized, maybe you meant episodic. You go someplace, you fix a problem and then you have a new problem next week. Especially these days when we're dealing with the same problems over and over again and we get the same headlines kind of every day or a new twist on the same headline. Maybe we'd like some episodic television or some episodic escapism where you come to it, you, you just deal with it, the characters react to it their particular ways and, and ways that, you know, make sense for their little, little, little world, their little ship in a bottle, and then next week they fly off and do something new. Maybe we're ready for that. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. The days are getting longer. The birds and the budding trees welcome the sun's warmth. We gaze out on our shelter-in-place windows and... Snowmen are coming down Blue Lozenge Lane! 
In a completely unexpected move to help players distract themselves from cabin fever, Q's Winter Wonderland is returning to Star Trek Online. From April 24th to May 4th, on all platforms, players can head back into the winter event for all of the usual festive activities. There's even great news for players who didn't complete 2019's winter event. Those players can take this opportunity to continue earning daily progress towards the Tier 6 Fakiri Farang Dreadnought Carrier. However, just for this special event, another prize has been added. By turning in ornaments collected in event activities, players can earn a lobby package of 200 crystals. This lobby prize is claimable once per account. So polish up those frosted boots and sharpen your Klingon ice fishing gauntlet because captains will see you on the snow. Ooh man, 200 lobby. You can get yourself an outfit or more if it's on sale. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to get more Epos. I'm going to get some Nog's Nog. I mean, I love the winter event and it seems like it's been cooler lately. So it, it seems like it's okay to go back to winter. We might as well. <laughs> <laughs> cooler. <laughs> I'm excited for this too. I am interested in how much they're pushing the lobby store now. They're really trying to get people to earn lobby. I blame the executive producer. Like everyone's got a different agenda, and this one doesn't seem to be. Yeah, if they put more costumes in there, I don't care. Well, it, it just think it, it's the second chance currency, right? So you sweeten the pot with a little free quote lobby, and you do that by getting cheeks and seats. So I mean, it's the you know the MMO overriding goal is to have a populated server, right? You want cheeks and seats and people participating. They see other people participating, they're more likely to come back, they're more likely to spend money. So they buy lockbox keys, get some lobby that way. They are participating in the game. They get some lobby that way. It's a, it's a very congruous and, and, and a synchronous strategy. Not a bad idea. Just know that's what they're doing. And it's not a bad idea to bring back the winter event too because people who missed it last time can have a chance to finish it and if they get closer but don't quite make it, well, maybe they will spend the 500 zen or the 1000 zen to finish off the reward. So it, it's a pretty smart business idea to, to do this too. So. so I also think the reason they're doing the winter event is because uh, it's ready to go. Like they can quote unquote hit a button and, and launch it as opposed to bringing up the summer event which is uh something i thought they might do but i'm guessing they're still doing uh prep for the summer event and that's just not ready yet epos <laughs> get your cuddly friendly epos <laughs> Well, speaking of full servers, this past Saturday, April 18th, Star Trek Online invited all players to show their gratitude to medical workers around the world. Players responded by the hundreds, cramming instances of Deep Space Nine's Upper Promenade. Decked out in every Star Trek medical uniform you can imagine, and a few you probably can't, players stood shoulder to shoulder to hold a torch for those risking their health to help the suffering. To see screenshots from many players who joined the demonstration, check out Star Trek Online's Twitter account via the link in our show notes. And don't forget, Captains, we'd like to spotlight you as well. So if you are a medical worker or first responder, anyone on the front lines of this corona pandemic, we encourage you to be a part of the show. Share your story with us and answer one of the following questions. How, if at all, did Star Trek influence your decision to go into a career in the medical profession? Or how does Star Trek get you through these very difficult times as a medical professional? Be sure to submit your responses either as a video clip or just an audio note to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Over the past few weeks, four Star Trek Online development team members tested their skills at designing a Ryzean science vessel for the 2020 summer event. On April 15th, concept artist Hector Ortiz finally got his hands on those drawings. 
on a two-hour live stream, which you can now view on Star Trek Online's YouTube channel, Hector turned those rough sketches into more polished concepts. While two hours may not be enough for even Hector to create four fully complete concept art drawings, the results were amazing. If you are looking for something interesting to watch while you're at home this week, check out the video link in our show notes. And keep your eyes on Star Trek Online's social media channels. When Hector has finished his concept drawings of all four ships, final designs will be opened up for community voting. While we're on the topic of ships, on Tuesday, Ambassador Kel posted a news blog announcing both a new type of Sea Store bundle and an updated ship model to launch it. A brand new model and material for the Akira class heavy escort will be the first ship offered in the new Ships of the Line bundle. The bundle, which will cost 6,000 zen, will contain the Tier 6 Alita Heavy Strike Wing Escort, the Tier 5 Armitage, the Tier 6 Thunderchild, and one Fleet Ship Module. The new look for the Akira class is the most detailed and screen accurate of any ship yet, bringing it closer to its appearance in the film Star Trek First Contact. For a short time in April, the new Akira bundle will be 35% off in the Sea Store. That's from April 23rd to April 30th. For those who already own one of these ship classes, the updated model is available freely in the ship customization screen. Speaking of really good updates to ship skins, Thomas Maroney sat down with Eric Campbell from Q Times, the team that produces the Star Trek RPG show Clear Skies. For an hour and a half, Cryptic's lead ship and UI artist chatted about the game, his work, and the process of designing a brand new Galaxy-class variant for Clear Skies. The interview is well worth a watch, so just follow the link to it in our show notes. But towards the end of that stream, Thomas took a moment to tease Star Trek Online players with the reveal of a brand new model for the beloved Klingon Bird of Prey. The new model looks far more detailed and accurate than any Bird of Prey currently in the game, even including the Klingon script of the ship's name on the wing. So if you're in a hurry to see the new Bird of Prey, skip ahead in the video to the one hour and 30 minute mark. Can't wait for that ship. I love it. That, and I think that's probably a benefit of the uh, Alliance Battlecruiser that has the Klingon script ship also. They've, they've, they're going to be able to import that to anything that they update uh, on the Klingon side now. You'll be able to have your ship name written in... What's that? Klins High? What do, you, what do you call What do you call the Klingon language? Kaplakian. Hmm. Kaplakian. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not the real name for it, it should be. Klingonese. I thought, didn't they use Klingonese? That was in the old series. They called yeah, that once? was Klingonese. Well, that mm. was, uh, I think it was in Trouble yeah. with Tribbles. Yeah, it was. Hmm. And in events, starting on April 30th, PC players have an item upgrade weekend through May 4th. During the event, item upgrade tokens provide 100% more technology points. And a special three-week bonus XP event has just begun on all platforms. Until May 15th, earn double XP throughout the game. And in a very last-minute announcement today on Tuesday, April 24th, Star Trek Online has announced that they will be extending First Contact Day celebrations until April 30th on PC and until May 7th on consoles. So if you haven't already picked up your Borg probe, you may still have some time left. This is outstanding because I was two days short of finishing it and I don't have all the badges. And I was kind of disappointed oh no. that I wasn't going to get all the badges. But now you know, I'll be able you to can get, them all. get nice. those on, you can run it on different characters. You don't have to. Wait for the cooldown. I never thought of yeah, that. Yeah, just run it on someone else and get all the badges if I you're thought, worried I about it. I thought it was linked to the token, the no, daily no, no. run token. 
No, not at all. You can play it one after the other and get the badges. Well, in that case, I could have them all in about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, my very last choices were, like, the Tellarite and the Packled ones, because I was like, do I want these? I guess. I think I've got eight <laughs> choices left. This week in Armada News, as always, join us for TFO Thursday, where we team up with other Armada members to earn marks and dilithium. If you are an Armada member, the time is listed under your Armada event tab for your local time zone, so check that out. Also, we have an updated Tribbles and Bits on the website at PriorityOneArmada.com under the News Forum. And it's still Mirror Month, so the Terran Empire has continued to invade the Armada, and we are giving away ships and all kinds of cool mirror-themed stuff. We are also running a mirror ship-themed screenshot contest where the winner will win a mirror angle Strikewing Escort. So if you want a chance to win, just post your screenshot of your mirror-themed ship to the website and yeah, you can maybe win a T6 amazing ship. Also new, uh, Dr. Zianto Sung is creating a new character, a synth, and he needs your help. So post it on PriorityOneArmada.com. There is a survey, basically, you can fill out Vice Admiral Zianto's questionnaire to help him make a new character because we have three weeks of double XP coming up. So what else are you going to do besides make a new character? So yeah, check that out. But I thought since always had to be well, made Well, you know, pairs. I might make a new character too. It could happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty funny because you can, you know, you pick what you think that Z's new character should be plus the name and the name of the ship. And some of the responses are hilarious. Shippy McShip face? Yeah, absolutely. That was like the first one. Oh my God. That is so funny. It's just low hanging fruit. It's right there. I mean, it's not it's like it's hard. Right there. It's just, it's... I bet you more than one person put. Oh, yeah. It's going to win. You know that, right? I don't know what the Android's name is going to be, but Shippy McShip face, USS Shippy McShip face, boldly going and no one has gone before. That's happening. Uh, well, Z's going to post some of the better responses, you know, once he's taken an assessment. So I'm pretty sure that'll be in there. Naturally. That's all we've got for this week on Star Trek Online and Gaming News. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captain's hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. This week, rather than discussing our community questions, we have a special opportunity to share messages from our listeners. We recently asked our community members in medical careers how Star Trek influenced their career path, and we shared the personal story of our very own producer, Jake Morgan, who pursued a career as a firefighter and first responder. Today, we'd like to share some of your wonderful responses. Michael Curtis writes in and says, I'm in emergency medical services. Watching Star Trek growing up really helped me get into this line of work. Seeing no matter the differences they had, they would do everything to save a life without even thinking about anything else. Stacey Avon Svensson wrote in, I love this. I have my degree as a nuclear pharmacist, Gates McFadden as the doctor of the Enterprise, and Marina Sirtis as the counselor. Being two beautiful, strong female characters in such important roles had a huge impact on me growing up. I was 11 when The Next Generation started and watched every episode and every other Star Trek series since then. I wear my TNG Starfleet communicator badge on my lab coat daily. 
to work. Robert Anna Bennett writes, I work as a medical laboratory manager currently collecting COVID swabs. Star Trek got me interested in military service, which then led me to selecting a medical profession. And to this day, Star Trek, TNG especially, helps me get out of the house mentally. I love the storytelling in Star Trek. We also had a number of listeners who checked in from the medical field just to say hi. So here's to all these folks and the many more like them out there doing Starfleet Medical Proud. ER Dr. Leela Roland Zucker, respiratory therapist Brandy Foxwell, physical therapist Judy Barrett, emergency medical services provider Melvin S. Marsh, and chaplain Tom Killingbeck. Thank you all. Yep, everyone uh, out there really appreciates all the work that you do for sure. Everyone, the family members uh, in the field uh, knows the kind of sacrifices you guys are making out there, and uh, we're, we're grateful that everybody's pulling together like that. My niece is a nurse. I appreciate her. You know, she goes through a lot, so yeah. It's tough out there, but we thank you guys. And we know that this is not a complete list of everyone who listens to the show, who is also a first responder. So please, we encourage you. We want you to be a part of our podcast so that we can honor you and we can spotlight the hard work that you are doing. So again, answer one of two questions. How did Star Trek influence your decision to go into a medical career? Or how does Star Trek get you through this very difficult time as a medical professional? Let us know. Record yourself using the voice memo feature on your phone or share a video with us of yourself telling your story on our social media platforms or just email it directly to us to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And of course, thank you for the hard work that you're doing. Well, that wraps up episode 457 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all. And... Of course, share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald. And here's a reminder of our community question this week. Would you want Rosario Dawson to play Q? If not, what other roles would Rosario Dawson be great in? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, me, and the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. And a big shout out to our patrons for their ongoing support of this podcast during these very difficult times. We very much appreciate your financial support. To find out more and discover all of the awesome perks that we offer our patrons, head on over to patreon.com forward slash priority one. And even if you cannot make a financial contribution, then please help spread the word about our show. Invite your fellow Trekkies to get their weekly roundup of news with colorful commentary right here on Priority One. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. 
Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, for helping us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. .com or just reply to our social media channels when we post this community question. That's where I got stopped. That's where I got like give the guy a week off, let his hair grow another three inches, and he's just he's just dead. He's just forgetting good. <laughs> the days are getting longer again. The birds and the budding tree. Oh my god, I can already hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna underscore this part. <laughs> There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye. Apples. Nobody get your apples. You guys don't know. You guys don't know. Oklahoma, seriously. With the fringe on top. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. All right. Apples. Get your cuddly, friendly apples. Yay! <laughs> and marks. Because, you know. <laughs> no, stop. We're going to get we're gonna get flagged. It's public domain. It's stop, public stop. domain. Stop, La, 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 Oh, is it public domain? That's why it's in every cartoon you've ever seen is because it's public domain. Yeah, I'm like, isn't out. that public? Yeah, that one's okay. It's allowed. This is Elijah. Our shows are really short now because we don't do on screen. Feedback, sync one. This is Cat. Yeah, I realize it's pretty short. Sync 2. This is Tony. You could really lengthen it up with an RPG game. Why don't you copy Guard Frequency's game over here and just for fun and play it too. Sync 3. This is Skiffy. No, <laughs> as the audio editor. <laughs> Sync 4. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.